0: Welcome to Hellbent for Metal, a podcast that still wants to make a band that does covers of big black metal songs, but with lyrics that are all really queer and about cock-sucking and
1: things like that. And we'll call it Gayhem. <laughs> yeah, right, nicely done. <laughs> I think, like, New Guys in Mayhem would hate that as well, so it makes it even better.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I can't imagine that Micro Butch is going to be particularly fond of that particular, <laughs> that particular uh, band name i i would dread to think the cease and desist letter or violence that would land on my desk if we did a song called you know buried by time and come or something that's a, like a slightly a slightly better um pun than that I, was, I i realized i had to think of a black metal song title pun that also sounded gay in a, in a uh, buried by time and arse there's a better one um no that's worse I'm getting, These are getting worse. We'd better not do this, actually. Someone who's better at puns come and make these for me. Um, this is Hellbent for Metal, the LGBTQ plus heavy metal podcast. I'm Tom Deere. Bonjour. And over there is the side of the podcast who's there to add a touch of class to the proceedings. Um, although he sometimes does ruin that by talking about anonymous hookups without prompting. But we'll overlook
1: those because we just like Matt Rushton that much. I do do that, don't I? <laughs> I yeah. always know that it's gonna, <laughs> there's gonna be something. Whenever you start it like really nice, <laughs> always know that you're gonna bring me right back down.
0: No, I, I, that was really <laughs> nice. You, you're the one who voluntarily talks about your private life in ways that I was kind of not expecting and definitely well, not going to ask. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> More of that coming up, I think, quite <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I, strap yourself in lads (laughs) this could be interesting um just for full disclosure by the way we're not actually here this week um matt's off traveling i think you are off traveling again right i'm not making that up because i know you're you you keep going to exciting places Um, i lose track of what you're actually um, doing
1: somewhere in the world that isn't leeds so yeah
0: Although possibly you are in Leeds, depending on when this show goes out, because I know there's one thing that you are doing in Leeds.
1: Fucking hell.
0: You've got to be able to go and sleep in your own bed. (laughs) Um, Anyway, we're recording this when we did HBFM 99. So this may be our 100th episode, which would be nice. Um, But if, if something has happened that meant we had to do something in between... Or that there was just something that I came together at the last minute and I went, "Yeah, let's do that." Uh, this may actually be show one hundred and one, in which case i will have just wasted everyone's no. time for a few minutes. What are we doing yeah. to celebrate? Um, I might have a whiskey afterwards. Fucking. It's nice. episode. <laughs> of, it's a. It's a. What I might do is raise my back to the pavilion. That's not a euphemism. It's just a cricketing thing. Um, a <laughs> hundred not out. That that will do. Um, uh, uh, with the uh, power to add, um, let's, seems I, I, I like, like it. But how many how
1: many cricket cricket fans do you think we have listening to us? I'm, I'm
0: guessing not all that many, given that there aren't that many countries that play cricket in the world, and that I've looked at where our downloads come from, and most of those countries aren't where we get downloads mm-hmm. from. It's we tend to like, we're much more kind of even the English speaking ones. Funnily enough, there's like the odd one who listens to us in you know Melbourne, but it's mostly english-speaking countries in north america and lots of people on the continent which is is cool i can't imagine that there's that many people in sweden who are going yes cricket i know what that is um and gays cricket... don't like sports do they so <laughs> <laughs> say that to john amici i don't say that to john amici he's six foot ten and very clever he will put you down while being very very scary um <laughs> he's a lovely man but he's
1: absolutely huge
0: uh, john amici was the first um out gay man in the nba but he's a he's a Brit. He's uh, he was born in America, but to a uh, one of his parents was British. One of his parents was Nigerian. Grew up in Stockport, and because he was six foot ten, he tried basketball when he was a teenager. And they went, "You might be quite good at this." <laughs> yeah, um, because if you there are very few sports that you can play if you're six foot ten, really. Because if it, football, you're probably your turning circle is a bit big, and if you're a, a rugby player, you're gonna like you could do that, but it's the risk of you accidentally braining someone is so high that it becomes very technically de- challenging and physically demanding. Um six seven is kind of the the max height in that sport. So if you're that tall, you kind of have to play basketball. But if you are that tall, there's a very good chance you'll be very good at basketball. Because the like the technical side of basketball you can teach to someone who has hand eye coordination. Even if they haven't done it. So he picked up basketball at 17 and became a pro. Anyway, he's now of incredibly eminent um uh, psychologist, neuropsychologist I think um, but he's, he talks about very clever things that are very kind of intellectual and, and very advanced and he's he's a really brilliant speaker and talks about loads of uh, impressive things and is still absolutely huge so don't tell him that gays don't like sports um, also you know cricket's for anyone who's ever heard of cricket cricket is a sport where everything sounds like a euphemism it does do that, yeah Every because you know, people talk about you know, the sound of cricket is the sound of leather on willow, which immediately sounds like bondage, right?
1: And you also get the batsman's holding the ball was Willie, so <laughs> yes, yeah, so although sadly no one ever actually said that. I know it's so annoying. <laughs>
0: My, Michael that you've uh, phrased by the way is because there was a player called Michael Holding who was a bowler, and there was a player called Peter Willie who was a batsman, or well, they're now called batters because they realize that's a bit sexist. You know, because uh, and bats woman was a bit of a mouthful. And cause i is
1: should call them Buddy boy. That would be so much better.
0: <laughs> don't say that because people will get particularly <laughs> if you call that the the uh West Indian cricket is that, they will really not like it. I do not use that phrase. If you don't know what that phrase is, don't use it. It's not nice. Um Though know, I presume you got called that at school as well, yeah, 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 <laughs> of course I did. Yeah, it was, it's, it's not, there's a, a miserable phrase. Um, anyway, we're not here, so if we're wondering why we're, um, like not talking about this big news event that happened last week, it's because we're not here. Well, I'm here, Matt's god knows where Matt will be when this comes out. Somewhere
1: we've got a king now or something, I don't know, Fuck him.
0: we've we've got lots of queens um and we know which we prefer um i'm a terrible person i'm just gonna get i'm i i'm one of those people that's like not really bothered about the monarchy really like i i I would quite like them to cost less money but on the on a principle basis like you really have to convince me that whatever your viewpoint there isn't something more important to talk about exactly. I would, quite like the, I would quite let the country not to shut down every time there's a broil thing. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Ridiculous. It's
1: inescapable. I'm out this morning. We're, doing, we're recording on local election day. I'm out this morning, doing my duty, vote, whatever. And you just can't escape it. Like I'm walking through town just trying to have my fucking Greggs and it's everywhere. You know what I mean? Bollocks.
0: Though it has led to something beautiful, which I saw on Twitter. Apparently, Tesco, which is a supermarket in the UK, um, has um, opened a pub in Faro. Yeah. yeah. Did you see what one of the best comments or, uh, under the Reddit post about it was? Uh, no. Uh, unexpected vom in the bogging area, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was absolutely wonderful. Makes the whole makes the whole thing suddenly. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm now. I'm kind of. <laughs> I'm relaxed about the whole idea of the coronation because that joke has justified everything. Anyway, we have digressed really badly. We're nearly 10 minutes into the show and we haven't actually told anyone about anything. Uh, Don't forget, we are doing a live podcast at Arctangent this year, talking to you live on stage about why the festival is one which you guys have voted for with your feet and wallets uh, is one that you feel safe to go to and be out and who you are at. Uh, if you would like to come and see that tickets are at arctangent.co.uk slash tickets uh, if you'd like to be on the panel and you are going we can't get you in um, dm <laughs> us on socials or email us at show at ah, and breathe and let's you know let's go on to another random series of wild digressions as we get on with the show and Announced the return of everyone's favorite excuse to tell you your favorite metal song is actually really relevant to us as queer people. It's the camp classic. Uh, this time we are going back to 2011. Although actually, if you were going to like rock shows of almost any description uh, uh, that kind of period in the UK, the chance are you'd heard this song for years because this band toured for fucking ever before they released an album. Um, because it is the infectiously catchy. I mean, we are talking the kind of infection that you can't get rid of no matter how many antibiotics you take. Uh, St. Peter by Black Spiders. Sorry, by fuck you, Black Spiders. Uh, there we go. Fans of, yeah, fans of the band will know what that that's about. I, believe me, that's not me being rude about them. They will be quite glad that I, I refer to them as fuck you, Black Spiders, because it proves I've actually been to the shows and like bought their music. Anyway. The song is from the 2011 debut album, Sons of
1: the North. Uh, first thing, as always, Matt,
0: what do you think of Fuck You, Black
1: Spiders? I like them. Like, they make the sort of music that I'm not a massive fan of. So I like them. I don't love them. And they've done, they've done pretty well with even getting that out of me. New one's pretty good as well. So, yeah, fair fucks.
0: Yeah, it was, actually. Um, I, if you were roughly my age, so when they were kind of around, I was right in my mid-20s, so prime gig-going age. Um, I was t- tiny bit older than Matt, but looked a lot younger because I was like, "That's not saying Matt looks old; that was saying that I looked very young." Whoa! Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I looked, I looked twenty-five, going on twenty. I got ID'd a lot. <laughs> it was, it was this glorious moment in my early thirties where I realized I'd finally stopped getting ID'd, and it was because I realized I was going started to go grey, which was nice. Um, anyway, if you went to gigs anywhere, you saw Black Spiders a lot just because they were everywhere. If you grew up in London in the 90s and early noughties, you knew and loved Orange Goblin. That was the rule, just you you didn't have a choice. And it was kind of the same if you were going to gigs a lot at the end of the noughties in and around anywhere in Britain because Black Spiders were there and they were being really, really good live. And in the, like back then, they were phenomenal live. The two best live bands in the country at that point were Skindred, because Skindred are uh, Skindred, And Black Spiders, they're absolutely brilliant every time you saw them. And it just kind of happened automatically that you ended up liking them. Even if you went, it's not really my kind of music, you liked them. And you knew this song as well. You definitely knew this song because it was kind of... That chorus repeats unbelievable numbers of times. It, It is the can you hear us at the back? This is the chorus. This is the line you need to remember when you want to sing along at a really ridiculous high voice. Like that was the kind of the ridiculous number of times it got repeated so that I knew this song backwards long before I ever heard it on something that was recorded because you saw them that often and this song just was that chorus repeated forever, which is fine. It's great. It's brilliant. That's not a criticism. That's saying, yeah, well
1: done that's we loved it you must like this song at least i do yeah like yeah like i said, I like them generally but this song is is you know it's very infectious isn't it it's like i um for transversely i've had this um my notes written up for this one for a while now because obviously we went off air but i um didn't actually listen to the song again like yesterday when i sort of like my notes and i still like every fucking line is oh yeah yeah i remember this yeah Yeah.
0: is it and and that chorus I'm not gonna try and do the chorus because my dog will think I'm trying to, you know, summon him from the hills or something. And there will be sheepdogs in in the hills outside of, of Darlington who are coming charging down the road because it is so high. Like it, it really is kind of most men would have to try and tie their legs in a knot to crush their nuts hard enough to sing that high. Um that said, on to why this song is hella gay because it is and i'm I'm sorry the, i know i've put some curveballs in in front of you recently oh, i really? struggle to think <laughs> that you won't have immediately seen what i'm talking about and have seen exactly the same thing i do did the moment you looked at the lyrics or even just vaguely remembered the song right but all that said what if anything matthew did you think or or see about um St. Peter, about uh, that spoke to your queer side.
1: Yeah, I think you've stumped me for like three in a row now. But I'm back. Sex, innit? Sex. Yeah. <laughs> of any particular type of sex, or just jacket? oh, it's, I reckon it might be a bit sort of anal sex. You know what I mean? Like very gay, very gay. I mean, D- chorus... if the
0: sides out, they're oh. going to hell just as w- w- much as well, as, the, is, as everyone who likes. Like, so uh, sorry, I'm just, I just had a really random, I was trying to think of a euphemism for sex and my brain for anal sex. And my brain just came up with the the description for it I like the least, which is cornholing, which I just go, Oh, that's, Oh, oh no, I, not no. Heard
1: that, and I don't like that. I have.
0: Yeah. It was very, it was something you heard a lot on like American teen TV that was well, t- teen TV that was clearly for adults. It was about mm. teenagers. The actors in it were about 35. And the jokes were all about things that people under the age of 15 and the age of 16 who were technically allowed to watch this definitely didn't know anything about really. At least you hope not, because otherwise the police should be involved. Um, and It's just a gross phrase. Anyway, I, th- I think this is this, there, is some, there is some man-on-man action that is, is kind of, I get the feeling, might, this might, song might be singing about. Just well, yeah. not not de- not intentionally, but if if you're our lot, you just go. Oh yeah, it's very oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it's, and it's every line as well, isn't it? And like, also musically, this song and this genre a lot has that sort of like swagger, which um, bit camp a lot of the time. But yeah, like straight away, like first, uh, first verse. I'm waiting at the gates, just queuing in the line of sorrow, and I can hardly wait for the harvest to reap tomorrow. Like, come on now, that's an arsehole. You're talking about sticking your cock in an arsehole. And like, the chorus, you know, St. Peter, won't you let me in? Lord knows all the trouble I'm in. Let me into that arsehole. I've been a naughty boy. There we go. Sorted.
0: See, you've gone way more dirty than I have for once. Oh, i really? Know if I well, mean, this has yeah. never happened. <laughs> no. Well, the song really is about someone arriving at the pearly gates and waiting for us, because, you know, everyone queues for, for St. Peter to go through the book and see what they've been, whether they've been naughty or nice. So, no, that's Santa Claus. Hang on. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know the principle. And to see if you're going to get into heaven. And it's someone going, Christ, I'm in deep shit. I went, yeah, yeah that's us.
1: Oh, yeah, no. I've got... no I wasn't no, thinking well.
0: it's literally metaphors for buggery. But I was thinking yeah. it's someone who's done some buggery, who's going,
1: mm, uh, yeah, I might be going to the other place, mightn't I? Yeah, no, I've got that. And that's why it's covering it, because it does work as a metaphor. And it also works very literally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... You saw something that I didn't, and my mind went
0: clean, and yours went filthy. I just would like to everyone to note the episode number no, and title that this, yeah. <laughs> that this happened, and that the next time I need to say I don't always go for the dirty so one. Sometimes you do. This I'm using this as exhibit A, right? Because mm. yeah. But now I now I'm I see all the things that you've mentioned. I'm going.
1: Yeah, I should yeah, have it's seen like, that too. It's like every line, and I ain't wasting no more time because the Lord waits for no man like you know come on now yeah
0: the lord the lord just wants you to get on with it and, and plow straight in um yeah hello saint peter won't you let me in sounds more like a kind of it sounds like a horny priest's masturbatory fantasy doesn't it
1: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> this is um yeah i mean it's you know people have um interesting fantasies, I'm not going to, you know, kink-chain, whatever, but, like, this whole this sort of thing um, would not necessarily be for me, but I do think with regards to, you know, how the church and religion have historically um, treated our lot, I do think it's quite funny uh, to, have, to have to have that sort of fantasy going on, if you are one of us. Yeah, but the, there was, you heard, right,
0: that um, there was some kind of religious organisation that was being really homophobic and grinder said you keep doing this and we're going to out all the people from your group <laughs> yeah i did see that <laughs> who use the app because we know and they and they went grow, 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 tiny voice. and really quiet for ages and you kind of went yeah, that it's obvious that there are loads of people who are, are like I need to pray to stop having these guilty thoughts. I need to pray to stop having these lusty thoughts about men and men's mm. bums and men's cocks and their thighs and their. Yeah. Oh my God! Oh my God! The I need to pray using uh, using Thy rod, uh, Lord. And and you know, it, you don't have to see how kind of th- uh, being obsessed with men, if you're makes if you are interested in men, is going to make you have more thoughts about men. And make you feel naughty about men, and you're going to get a massive erection, and want to deal with it, which where how we get to the the horny homophobic priest who's praying about, yeah. bugger, who's thinking about buggering Sir Peter while well, you know tugging
1: hard. I love shit like that though. That always makes me laugh. Like there was that, um was it like a politician in the status or something? Like that was sort of spouting homophobic rhetoric, and then he was caught like in the center of a fucking 50 man bacaki or something. <laughs> well, lad.
0: There was that politician in uh, homophobic. Was it, it was either a politician or a preacher. It was one of them, but they were claiming like church and the family, and um, ended up you know getting caught doing something illegal out of a sex worker's orifice of some kind. It was either crack or navel. It was one of. But anyway, something naughty. Um, it, there's always someone like that getting you know outed because there's there's that thing right. If you aren't interested in something you don't care like i don't care about garden gnomes i don't think about
1: them yeah um we've spoken we've spoken many times before about how like it is always the massive homophobes that are way more obsessed than us than us who actually like having anal sex with anal sex (laughs) like it's insane like just sort of happens you know We, we don't spend all day fucking thinking about it you know some days more than others, sure, but there is like it's the fucking forefront of their mind all the time, weird eyes, coming back to St. Peter, the other
0: thing I thought about it was i'm going to mention this again, I've mentioned this before, but it was absolutely ages ago, so I think I'm safe. There's that cartoon right where it's the it's um this guy goes uh, ends up at the pearly gates um oh, no, hes he's at the gates of hell, and the devil says, "Right, what did you do? did you murder anyone? No, certainly not. And he runs through a list of things uh that he that he could have done but he uh, he says no nope. um, and he even says there's, there's uh Winrar paid for it which was a, a nice you know in joke which when downloading was a bigger thing than streaming was very funny um and uh, he just can't work out what this guy did and at the end he says oh oh you're gay aren't you and he says, yep and he rings up he he rings up uh god and he says look i'm fine stop setting me up with guys and this just immediately makes me think of that because you know the reason all the the gays go to hell is that God is just trying to set up Satan with a nice piece of ass.
1: Exactly. That sounds like a fucking nice time. All of us in one place. All horny. Come on. And,
0: and with all the and with all the black metal musicians. <laughs> like all the best. Devil's got all the best tunes. You know he's in. He, The devil went down to Georgia and he took all the good musicians with him. So I'm quite happy for, uh, for to be in, in hell with all the other guys. But yeah, I just heard this song as, as being like, if you have enjoyed the company of a confirmed bachelor, you're in big trouble when you get there and you're kind of going to be thinking, Oh, I need to sort out my life up. But all the whole sin thing is nonsense, right? Like harm is what's, what matters. It's not kind of, oh, well, this moral failing because Jesus says so. And you try and get into these kind of, if you ever have a discussion with someone who thinks this, they're always circular. It's always, it's wrong because God says it, and God says it because it's wrong. And that's, you know, there's no, it always comes back to something theological, which if you don't subscribe to that religion is nonsense. And you know, it's it's how lots of European, of non-European cultures until colonialism happened were really fine with gay and trans people because they kind of recognised that they exist, that they existed everywhere, that they're exi- they've existed since the dawn of time. And they went, should we kind of try and come up with an explanation that includes them rather than wants to murder our kids? That we, we like that a bit more. And, you know, it's why you, if you go on um, various social media Um, areas that provide a a good safe space for queer people you'll often see someone who is either um, Native American or of Native American descent talk about um, two-spirit people and how that's been a thing in various um, Native American cultures pre-Columbus for god knows how long and that that's something that is to an extent still respected and still kept going by people who Wish to embrace and express that aspect of their their culture, and you go. That's actually quite a lovely thing. And you read into it, and you go. That's a, a really kind of nice way of um, looking at particularly trans folk, and that it's not exclusionary and it's not kind of it's not perfect because nothing is really. A lot of this is kind of still we're trying to work it out, but it's it's nice. And then you've got like you've got the cat. You've got various christian denominations that are actively trying to get people like us excluded from public life and um there's this ghastly government in italy that's taking away the rights of same-sex parents and various other awful shit and that's even before we get to like red states in america and what's going on there which is absolutely fucking terrifying and you think "Mm, didn't have to be like this the spread of christianity was not necessarily a Positive thing for the planet if you are a queer person, I mean,
1: irrespective of anything else. No, my uh, polling station was in a church this morning. Surprised I didn't burst into flames when I when I went in there. It was very weird. You walked in, the vote on the right, on the left there was a communion going on. <laughs> Fucking weird.
0: I've only ever voted in churches. I, literally really? every polling station I've <laughs> ever had has been a church. I haven't even I'm, this, this is my first election up here. I haven't checked. I'm been yet, so I haven't checked exactly where the polling station is. Um, I will vote. Don't worry. Don't me don't <laughs> people like who that insist go out and vote. Polling stations don't close for hours. I've got plenty of time. Um, but if, if it's not in a church, it will be the first time in my life that I've ever voted in a, in somewhere that wasn't. I'm trying to think how many places there've been. There's been at least five, I think six, no, six, there've been at least six. There might've been another one that I'm forgetting from when I was a student. And that's over a long period of time. So it's not like I've, you know, I've, I'm not a young person like Matt, who's not had that many general elections because he's very young and fresh faced and still has lots of exciting things to come. I'm, an, I'm a slightly older person who's, you know, got a few more scars to prove it. Um, and it's it, everywhere. It's always a religious place. And it's always, it's always Church of England, almost without right. fail. Because, and I think, they ca- I think it's because they have to.
1: Mine was a cricket pavilion last time, and there was a game going on outside. That was great. Well, that's much better. Why can't I have
0: that? <laughs> I'd love that. Cricket, oh, cricket pavilions are great. There's something like something really genteel about a sport which encourages pretty much everyone, including the players, to get pissed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if you're in, a, in a, 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 but at the same time, will happily go to countries where, which are dry and say, "Okay, we won't drink."
1: Mm-hmm
0: and not be like oh I want to be it's just fine people get on with it people have grown up about it rather than kind of insisting
1: oh my way anyway so um, much
0: cricket talk today or was that last episode i don't know <laughs> this is why you shouldn't record two episodes at the same time <laughs> because you lose track of uh, track of which episode you're recording anyway i think that's uh, st peter by fuck you black spiders explained Uh, We will have another camp classic for you soon, Uh, but um, I don't know about you, Matt, but after all this talk of sin, I'm uh, thinking of uh, popping into a little place that's absolutely made for it, shall we? Thirsty. We walk in in clothing that would offend your bigoted aunt and uncle. Because let's face it, everyone ends up with one eventually. You, you either, either someone marries it at the family or you, know, you someone, a, a distant cousin suddenly re-emerges from the woodwork and suddenly you, there's an awkward conversation at Christmas. Anyway, uh, wearing things that they would disapprove of, we walk into the gleeful den of iniquity that is the hate crew gay bar. Uh, this is the heavy metal gay bar we come to every week to stuff something hard and prominent into a receptacle that badly wants it. I want also to add some new music to the jukebox. Hey! hey. You thought I was going the other way with that. Um, you, you know I never go the other way, darling. Um, <laughs> we're still working through our favourite releases of the year while we catch up on our brief absence, um, which wasn't as brief as we'd have liked it. Uh, Matt, what have you got for the jukebox this time?
1: I've got The Loss of Beauty, which is the new album from a band called Shores of Null. Who are you? Very much like I think they released an album in 2019 or 2020. Um, Was that the one song album? No, no, this was the other one. Um, Oh fuck me! Hang on, (laughs) should have probably got. Because I know this band very well. Yeah, yeah, I remember you saying actually that yeah you didn't like that one, but you um oh it fucking was. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about now. Oh, there's the more 2017 one then that I really like. Yeah, Black Dreads for Tomorrow. Love that one. That's great. Beyond the Shores. I don't think i listened to the 2021. Oh, well, fuck me.
0: <laughs> no, the, the, um, the, um, I, I, I wasn't really particularly keen on the one song. Um, not because I, I don't like that in principle, but because it kind of lost what they did. I remember I, their um, first album came out on Candlelight at uh, the point I was um, good mates with someone who was working for the label. And he kind of mentioned this, and they they turned up on my inbox when I was editing Terrorizer, and I went, "Well, we're covering that then immediately." Because so I went, th- th- there was a moment in the office where I just turned around to the stereo and went, "Fucking hell!" Because it, it was debut album, and it was kind of, it was such a fully formed band that they weren't kind of having that difficult emergence from the cocoon that still got really rough edges. They were there, and then Black Drake's of Tomorrow, the second album, was as good. And then the the last one just kind of didn't have that thing that I'd really liked about them. I Mm -hmm. and I'm really annoyed that I've missed that they've got a new one out and I haven't heard it because I I I really want them to be one of my favorite bands again because for a while I was
1: obsessed with them. Do they still sound like kind of black metal Catatonia? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, you should say Catatonia because like that new Catatonia album that came out a few months ago. This would pair really well with that. It's got that sort of gothic edge as well. Um which is sort of more apparent than I think they've they've been before this is like thirteen songs, two of which are bonus tracks, but yeah, this is a lot more um a lot more of an album I think than the last one I, yeah i fucking love this um I say that that Catatonia album had that sort of element of light poking through um this doesn't this is like sad this is really fucking sad album doesn't surprise me they've always been a lot they've been quite bleak. Yeah, oh god, yeah. And I've always liked that about them. They're so bleak. And uh, the growls as well are not too dissimilar to Groot Orse from Enslaved, that I talked about last episode, which I, again, sucker for that sort of thing. This is, though, one of those very, very rare records that I could listen to this instrumental as well. Like, the vocals are fantastic, but I think this would be equally good instrumental, like, sort of depending on the music, because, you know, when, like, the music itself and, like, you know, guitar lines or sort of whatever's going on in the bass and drums like makes you feel a certain way, um, like it sort of has a certain emotional resonance with you. That's fucking well impressive. And like I think it's really quite rare as well for, you know, I like post rock, post metal, that sort of thing, but I'm very picky with it because, you know, a lot of it's instrumental and a lot of it just doesn't speak to me. When you can do that with sort of just the musical element of your work, I fucking love that that's
0: really interesting because the first album had a lot of really great instrumentals and it still was quite dependent on its vocals at times Mm. because the, it was the thing that knitted everything together. It was the kind of, um, it was kind of the keystone, right? That everything kind of, Mm. it, everything would have slightly crumbled under its own impetus if it hadn't had this kind of really brilliant singer uh, uh, over the top of it. Um, so I'm interested that this would work. This is kind of hangs together more musically, uh, not musically, is it instrumentally. Is it still like? Have ha, is there any remnant of the, of that kind of black metal riffage that they used to rely on left, or is that now they, totally
1: gone? There's a lot of tremolo, and you know me, I'm a whore for tremolo. Yeah. I love that sort of shit. Same, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's well impressive how they can sort of switch. You know what? This is one of those albums that I think you could give to a non fan of metal or someone that's sort of thinks that you know they're sort of quite against it or whatever. Um and they'd be like not necessarily converted, but they could sort of see something in because, you know, I think the the screaming or the you know the growls whatever aside, there's a lot of beauty in this almost. Well the loss of beauty, I don't know, they don't seem to think so. But it is like I said, it's super sad. But they have like this sort of orchestral parts as well, and just how they weave everything together to sort of take you through the emotions that they want to. And it's like it's, it's quite emotionally stark. quite yeah, it's very soft, but like from front to back as well. And yeah, they have this like piano interlude which sort of breaks it up a bit, and I think you need that because like it's 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 a lot, it's it's hard work. Um, and then you get to the end of it, and it's like oh well, I don't feel any better. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Okay. This is you're selling this to me really well because they, what they did, I really thought I I didn't realise I needed this in my life. And mm. the first two albums I've really loved, and then they disappeared for quite a long time, and then did a song which was an album which didn't suit me very much. Mm. And I was kind of thinking, yeah, is that going to be the end? But if they've kind of, if they've kind of, if that was a step as a, a path not travelled, they just took went down a route and realised, yeah, that's that's not quite us, and came back. Then I'm much much more interested
1: um what's the production like because this thing can often live stunning. or die. no it's that was good is It not sounds incredible okay. yeah and that also we said about the production on like a Cartonia record sort of similar in how good it is and how it's produced I'd say to that uh, this was one of those as well like I when we were when we figured out we were recording two shows um when I was doing my notes yesterday for like um you know for the shows and whatever I decided what I was picking to talk about in this one. I hadn't listened to this album in a few weeks and was like, okay, I, I, I liked that. I couldn't remember exactly how much I liked it, but I put it back on. And I was like, no, I fucking love this. This is incredible.
0: Nice. I've just spotted the, um, uh, uh producer is a bass player in a, um, death metal band who are very good, but has, has a singer who has some, has said some things that I find difficult to tolerate. So I won't plug them. They are very good though. So it doesn't surprise me that they know their way around They um, mixing desk because it's they've always sounded very good i'm i'm really pleased that this is this sounds really good i'll I tell you what if i go away listen to this which is going to happen very soon after this um if i go away and this is really
1: disappointing i'm going to have a little cry it's it's well your thing i'm, I'm i'd be very surprised if you don't like this I, from the way you've described it i
0: would be very surprised if i don't like this but it's you know <laughs> there's always room for for us both to be wrong yeah <laughs> um speaking of which we'll get onto in a second uh the loss of beauty by shores of null has been added to the jukebox my pick this week is one i'm almost 100 percent sure matt would hate if we heard it so i'm glad Thank we're God. not doing the old format where we had to listen to each other's beforehand because that would have Been tantamount to Cruel and Unusual Punishment, Uh, because it's the latest album from one of my favourite bands who've had a slightly rocky patch in the history, but properly got things back on track over the last decade. Uh, And their latest album is already one of my favourite things they've ever done. Uh, And I've played it to death in the short time that it's been available, and I absolutely love it. The album is The Awakening, which is the new album from American, although the singer is Swedish, power prog band Camelot, spelt with a K. Um, have you heard this and do you know anything about the band? And if uh, before I ask if you despise it,
1: <laughs> I quite like this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. shocked. I was convinced yeah. you were gonna hate it.
1: I know, and I didn't want to spoil it because when I got this. I was going to, I was- got off with three and I was like, fuck, what the bollocks is happening to me here? And I was going to text you, but I thought that you might bring it on and I wanted to leave it, but I hate myself. I don't know yep. what the fuck has happened. I quite like this. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned we were going to do St. Peter's a while back, but then like life got in the way and it wasn't mm. possible. Uh, the the hatred gay bar for that week was going to be um, this, so I have just like moved it directly over so this has kind of been stuck in my this is going to be your pick tom for quite a quite a number of weeks um and of course we have recorded this quite a long time before the show's coming out so by the time this comes out it will have been in there for a really long time yeah. and i've been saving it and was like not trying not to message matt and be like listen <laughs> to this album you might hate it but you might so, like it
1: so explain because like Power metal is sort of outside my remit especially this sort of thing please try and explain to me why i like this <laughs>
0: okay before i do that can i just do a very quick p- potted history of the I band because it. they've got a slightly strange little history because their um they're kind of their their classic era for want of a better term was a uh between i would say about 2001 to 2007 uh at which point they had a singer from norway despite the fact they're a, they're mostly um uh, an american band um and then he kind of left under circumstances that was slightly mysterious, because it was clear they hadn't fallen out. It wasn't a case of we don't like you anymore, uh, and that there didn't appear to be anything kind of untoward about why he left. You know, he wasn't kicked out. He 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 left completely of his own volition. He wasn't in any trouble or anything like that. He he's not been cancelled or anything. Um, and it it seems like he his kind of personal life was not as he wanted it, and he he kind of had fat he if you listen to the last couple of albums he's he was on you could tell he'd found jesus um and felt that he couldn't really continue for reasons that we don't really fully understand but it seems like he was a bit messed up and that i don't know what i don't know what relationship the uh leaving had to do with the religiosity but from various comments it doesn't sound like it was totally unconnected anyway it it, it also have to say the last album the vocal performance isn't that good that he was on anyway they found the guy in the world who sounds most like him in sweden ironically so they lost norwegian got a swede and he sounds very very similar and he's brilliant and he's been excellent ever since and getting a singer who was like not hating touring and being in a band and wanting to leave completely revitalized them and he's put in great performances and they've really done some of their best stuff in the last ten years. I'm not convinced they've done an album as good as this though, and part of the reason you like it, I'm sure, is just this is really fucking good. Ah, no, I know what God. it is. <laughs> Here we go <laughs> in places they structure their songs okay. like leprous Interesting. No, obviously the the musical building blocks are totally different hmm. but in terms of the structuring, a lot of it is kind of is a bit like that. So okay. the, the last song, My Pantheon Forevermore, is structurally quite like The Weight of Disaster from Melina,
1: which is one of my uh, like top five leprous songs, which I absolutely love. I'll go back, and uh, with that in mind, I'll, I'll report back, because that's interesting. But also, it's because it's... A lot of it is kind of... It's power but it's quite sad
0: in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that. Their classic pair of albums... They did, it was one called Epica, which is the album that named the band Epica. Um, yeah. Huh. yeah, that's where it comes from. Yeah, it's a brilliant record, absolutely brilliant record. That's quite a. It starts off quite upbeat, and then it goes kind of slightly darker, and then it's kind of very much darker. Um, sister album was called uh, uh, the Black Halo, I think. Or am I confusing that with someone else? Help me, uh, Matt Larkos. Quickly check my memory. Isn't no? It is called the Black Halo. My memory's not shit. Um, which the uh, first song in it has a guest appearance from Shagrath from Dimmu Borgir because that was when they were at their kind of most popular. I <laughs> never um,
1: hear that name without that
0: Well, Well, he said before that he regrets picking it, because he picked it. It's, it's a very minor character in The Lord of the Rings, and it was at a point where no one gave a shit about The Lord of the Rings outside of like a few nerdy teenagers. And then The Lord of the Rings, a few years later, became the biggest thing in the world, and that name became very funny. Because shagging, and, he, and that wasn't really a word that they knew at the time. And so he, I think if he had his time again, might choose a different Oh, station. no, it
1: just, it reminds me of like a mix between Hagrid, obviously from Harry Potter, and Shadrach from Emmerdale. <laughs> that.
0: I thought you were going to say Shaggy from Scooby-Doo.
1: Uh, no, but, well, you know. oh, there we go. we got the whole <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> That's a very unlikely <laughs> Anyway. Those, like, that's um, uh, based on uh, 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 F- F- Dr. Faust, that duology. So there's uh, the song with Shagrath is called The March of Mephisto. So it's it's all kind of slight, quite dark territory they're in, even though it's, um, it's power metal. So maybe the reason you like it is that it's kind of, it's slightly sad, but it's also really poppy and, and, and yeah. singy. But it's also, they always structure their songs in the kind of, in a slightly proggy way which is because they are very much in the like they are the absolute linchpin of the power prog scene like them um uh, symphony x and nevermore are the like the cornerstone bands of that particular little sub sub genre
1: fucking love nevermore never really got into symphony x
0: no symphony x are very much the power end of that spectrum because mm. they are they are very much heroic they uh, russell allen though one of the best voices in metal ever like it's dio and then him for me oh, wow. um yeah he's an amazing singer and the, the his, michael romeo just writes amazing. anyway i'm not talking about symphony x i'm talking about camelot um so maybe it is it's a combination of all those things is why you like it it is really catchy it is there are mm. stupid numbers of really really good catchy songs i think the t- the one that's been stuck in my head the most over the course of the time i've had it and I've listened to it a lot it, and the keeps all times I'll be like doing washing up or feeding the dog or something. And suddenly uh, one more flag in the ground's main refrain will mm. come in. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know exactly the bit that I mean. And if anyone listens <laughs> to that song, they, it's, it's, there is one bit where they, there's the kind of the line and in the background, there's some, uh, is the singer dubbed over it singing. Oh, Oh, Oh. And at that point, not that pitch, he's got much higher voice than me um and a much better voice than me and can sing. Um at that point that refrain will be in there for days. You listen to that album once, that's stuck there for the foreseeable. And there's a few like that, but it's so infectiously catchy. But actually it's got some depth because yeah. you know they are it's because it's progressive, there is some complexity to the songwriting. It's not just kind of here's some like very fast um you know tremolo riffs but like uh well not tremolo but very very fast um plucking um and very slow chord changes and just singing over the top of it but what i'm trying to say is it's not ed guy right <laughs> no offense mm. tobias but it's not that it there is some complexity to it and i think that will stop you feeling it's like too silly do you reckon i'd like the sort of earlier darker stuff and all then I think if you picked and chose, they picked and chose. The, then yes, they have had the odd ropey record. They, I'm not going to try and pretend they haven't. They've always been perfect. This kind of stuff's really hard to execute. So, if I were to do you like a playlist of some of their best stuff, I'm sure you go, "Yeah, this is wicked." But I'm also sure there's the odd album you listen to. You go, "Tom, why the fuck did I like this band?" All right, go on then. Let's have a playlist. It's been a while. Okay, I've, I'm not sure if I have one prepared. I'll go away and I'll I'll. Put one together, which mm, shouldn't take me very long. Rush. <laughs> um, but they, they are, they are very good. I, I struggle to think of when they last did a, an album this good. Um, maybe the Ghost Opera, which is going back 15, sixteen years, yeah. which is quite a. This is not a like, it's not a baby band. They're not old, but they've they've got a big catalogue at this point. But I kind of feel like having a singer who is as good as Tommy Karavik is, has helped them kind of flourish more as that he's been in the band. Um, and they've done some really good stuff with him already. I'm not saying that this has come out of the blue, because it hasn't at all. But even as someone who's loved the band for a long time, who thought the new this change of singer, which could have been a disaster, because the singer, previous singer had a quite a distinctive voice and was very, very good... I thought it could have been disaster it absolutely wasn't the new guy was great he's brilliant live he does the call and resp- there's a their like closing song there um what's a good example their uh hello be their name uh is um uh, a song called uh forever and it, there's a, a big kind of call and response thing that the singer always uh, does during that he leads that brilliantly Having him in the band has just made them get continually better, and it's it's that kind of thing that good musicians working with good musicians make each other better. Yeah. It's not that they have to fight for space. It's actually, and this is you know, the thing you see at Roadburn is that they do a collaboration, and you know, people working with uh, great musicians makes each other better. Uh, one of the things I saw was Julie Christmas, who was um, who as part of her backing band. Had uh, Johannes from Cult of Luna.
1: <laughs> Imagine having Johannes from Cult of Luna as what your fucking backing band. <laughs> I, mean, I mean,
0: for one, oh, oh my god, he's just so gorgeous. There we are again. <laughs> I'm sorry, sometimes you do just look at someone and just go, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to come anywhere near you because that would be creepy, but like, you are a very aesthetically pleasing person to look at and you're not necessarily my typical type because my typical type is kind of shorter and like slightly more round um or thinner Um because he goes to the gym a lot or at least he must do if he does if he just has that naturally i'm incredibly jealous because
1: yeah i hate those people they don't have to do any work and they have that fucking body come on now.
0: no sorry they don't exist i'm going, <laughs> going off on this tangent those people do not exist. There are people who can like who can eat more than they necessarily should, not put on any weight, but they are skinny. They don't suddenly build muscle. Building muscle takes work, and yeah. the reason you know this is that people have. Like, who was it? There was a, a guy who did like one Marvel film and had to get incredibly buff, and it took him like not that many weeks to get incredibly hench but when he stopped doing the workout because Marvel weren't paying for him to have an incredibly, um, in intense personal training regime, um, he, it disappeared in a matter of days or weeks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, he just was completely back to being a normal looking guy. Now, actually, he has a very nice figure. Normally. Um, I'm trying to remember his name. I can see his face, but unfortunately miles away from it. He's a very nice figure. So it's not like he's got anything to be ashamed of. And, but you know, the pictures of him in after his final gym session before shooting was like some kind of greek statue no it was it was worse than that it was like it was like cristiano ronaldo when he takes off his shirt and clenches or so it was it, you could use his, you could use his abs as a, a xylophone that kind of thing doesn't happen by accident you don't get these kind of pe- these massive deltoids that johanna says unless you've done work i, I don't believe it so, it, it, but you know, if you're going to do lots of lots of like work to make yourself look really good, you probably want to be told it occasionally. But the moment you hear him scream, you go, "Fucking hell, that's Johannes! He's got an amazing voice, and he's a brilliant musician, and he writes amazing songs, and he's a fantastic guitarist." And him and Julie Christmas together—I mean, the Colt of Luna collaboration with Julie Christmas—is a case in point that both people, both sets of musicians, made each other better, and it's kind of having tommy karavik in camelot has made camelot better how the fuck we got from julie christmas (laughs) to camelot in one and that's That's a six degrees yeah 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 on tour together next year god that that (laughs) would please that would please me and no one else (laughs) they would sell one ticket and it would be to me and only if it was somewhere within you know easily traveling distance easy traveling distance of where i am um I've gone off on a, a, a long piece. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that it's brilliant. And going back to um, my pantheon, I mean, the last song on the album, it's such a brilliant song that I'm not too uncomfortable comparing it to The Weight of Disaster. Now, The Weight of Disaster might be slightly better, but, you know, the only thing that's as good as that song usually involves an orgasm, but you know, you know what I mean, right? It's like that. The fact that I'm even considering them in the same breath and not going, that's an offensive comparison yeah. tells you how much I fucking love that song. And it's, I'm not even convinced it's the best song in the album. There are like two or three that are, I think are at least as good as it, if not better. And there are loads that are very nearly as good as it. And there's nothing, there's even the ballads great. And the ballads on these kind of albums can, can really go badly wrong. Yeah. But you know, it's it's the power thing, right? It's like if you are going to do a ballad and you're a power metal band, you've got to embrace the fact that you're a power metal band when you do the ballad, and you've got to go full on it. You can't suddenly go po-faced and really serious. You've got to go lean into the kind of the the fact that you are over the top heavy metal when you do your ballad. And they do, and it's wonderful and more. Oh yeah, God! If they can, keep, if they're going to keep making albums like this. I hope they. Basically, never retire. Just go, keep going until like they go. Yeah, uh, we're going to ascend to a higher plane of existence now. When with our, with still a, another two or three great albums in within a wonderful band. So you, you, uh, the next time they play the UK, will we see Matt Rushton standing with me, knowing as many of the words as I do?
1: Fuck it, why not? I'll come along. It could be a laugh. A few beers and watch Camelot. Let's go. I just feel like my team won the league. <laughs> well, I wouldn't know.
0: Actually, I don't know that because I'm a Stan fan, so that's never happened. But, you know, I'm pretty pleased. Anyway, The Awakening by Camelot has been added to the jukebox. And while we'll, well, we'll have more new music for it soon, that is Time at the Hate Gay Bar. And that's all we have for HBFM 100, or possibly 101, depending on what happened last week. Anyway, uh, Matthew, this has been. Um, Filthy and victorious. Hmm. Weird.
1: Look at this fucking Camelot. Oh, I can't, can't go over it.
0: Not happy. not happy. Yeah, Camelot and cornholing. There's the title of the show. I'm not putting this as the title <laughs> of the show. I will get, I will get an email from iTunes being like, take it down. <laughs> <Right now. laughs> um, or just we taken it down. We're not, we're not having that on that filth on our servers. Um, anyway, I'm going to wrap this up very quickly. Until next time, then. Listen to Shores of Null, listen to Camelot, and remember
1: Fuck you black spiders
0: Oh and it does get better. Terra
1: Bye.